Welcome into the In the Money podcast for Saturday, April 3rd at Keeneland. Big day. Six graded stakes races that make up the pick six over the final six races of the card. We're going to take a look at the late pick four. Tom Leach along with Jim Goodman, Keeneland's Director of Wagering Development. And we will jump into the eighth race, Jim. It's the grade two Shaker Town, five and a half furlongs on the turf that starts this late pick four. And a 13-horse field in here and some horses that we have seen have success before at Keeneland. So where did you land? Well, a horse that had success before, I landed on Bound for Nowhere, the 13th. I, I obviously don't like the post position. Uh, and the only time that he's drawn that 13th hole, he ran the Shadwell in 2018, and he didn't run a step. Um, but he, he's not a, a mile horse. He's five and a half furlongs fits him great. And the last three races have all been good, including the Shaker Town last July. So Shaker Town is rescheduled for when it's supposed to be on the, on the calendar. So... I think Bound for Nowhere, Wesley Ward, loves Keeneland. Uh, this horse has got a lot of back class. and I think he's a deserving favorite here. Um, I like Imprimus, uh for Joe Orsino. The horse ran really well at Kentucky Downs last year, won the uh, grade three turf sprint down there at six furlongs on soft ground. Not going to get that this weekend, but I would, I would think he's got a shot in here. Ready for prime time with Eric Heitzman and Mitchell Murrell. Uh, Coming from Cox, that, that that is not a good angle when when it's previously trained by Cox. But this horse uh, has has really run well in the past at Fairgrounds and might transfer that form over here. Um, Ken Thaka for Graham Motion, uh, coming out of a Woodbine race in October, uh, but has faced some really good company, including Roy H. Eddie Haskell, uh, a lot of horses on the West Coast. And um, I think the other horse that I was going to use in here that probably had a shot the critical way coming off a win at Tampa, stretching out from five furlongs to five and a half, ran right with Imprimus and uh, Gulf Street by furlong race. So I've got a spread here, but um, I wouldn't spread if Bound for Nowhere was drawn better. But uh, 13-hole causes me some concern, but I'm still going to think that he is good enough to overcome it. Yeah, I ended up on the same horse. Um... I love the 58-3 and three work back on March the 16th. And this horse loves Keeneland. And I think they can work out a trip with him from uh, from out there. Um, he has the didn't have to have the lead or anything. And uh, he can find a good spot. And I, uh, I'm going to go with Bound for Nowhere. But I think you don't want to take too strong a stand here. I, I like Imprimus. Kanthaka, um, I think, is a horse that uh, still has some upside left to tap into for Graham Motion. Showed some real promise uh, last summer. And then the other horse I used was Hollis. Uh, maybe a little light on uh, on class or speed figures, but uh, has uh, kept some good company. And um, uh, it seems to be really, uh, really honest. And I, I think uh, post position's good. So I'm going to throw Hollis in there as well. Ninth race, the Grade One Central Bank Ashland for three-year-old fillies at a mile and the sixteenth. Not a big field, but it's a good group. Um, tough to really take a strong stand here. I thought I ended up on simply ravishing on the angle of of being a Grade One winner here, and how well she ran on this track in the Alcibiades last fall. And uh, Kenny McPeak does uh, great work with uh, these uh, young fillies and Swiss Skydiver, most notably last year. So I took Simply Ravishing 
Like past the champagne, though, is real dangerous. Only a maiden win from two starts, but uh, this horse was purchased after the first race and sent to George Weaver and uh, interviewed uh, George for the Keeneland social media this week, and uh, it's out there on, on Twitter. You can find it. He talks about they bought this horse with the idea of running her in the Kentucky Oaks if she could uh, break her maiden, which she did, and now they've got to... Uh, get a, a test here to see if, if she's what they think she is to go forward to the Kentucky Oaks. So uh, an ambitious plan, but that suggests they obviously have a, a very high opinion of this filly. So I'm going to use her second. And then Malathot is my third choice, uh, undefeated filly for Todd Pletcher. Uh, and, uh, you know, she certainly would be no surprise to win this. So I'm going to use those three when we get to the pick four. Simply Ravishing's the win pick. How do you see the Ashland? I see it exactly the same way. Um I would take Malathat on top simply because of the Pletcher angle. And uh, this horse overcame a sloppy track at Aqueduct last race and still won by three quarters, went off at two to five. But the first two races were extremely impressive over fast track, seven furlongs, um, a mile, and then stretched her out to a mile and an eighth. So she's actually cutting back uh, to a mile and 16th to the Central Bank Ashland. So I like Pletcher's horse. Um, uh, he, you know, I, can't say anything about Pletcher. He's just always gets him ready. So Malathat is my pick here. But I'm also going to use Kenny's horse, Simply Ravishing, uh, based on the same thing that you talked about. Not only did she uh, win the Alcibiades, she ran really well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies here. She only lost by two links to Vequist the day out of the office. So she was right there, and she really had a bad start in that race. She bobbled. And, and so <clears throat> Simply Ravishing, the only disappointment she's had is a goldenrod last year. And, you know, she may not have liked Churchill. Maybe she's just at the end of a, you know, a five-race campaign. Kenny races them at two. He doesn't, he doesn't rest them much. So, Simply Ravishing has been off since November 28th. I think she'll be ready here. And Pass the Champagne is my other horse. Uh, you can get a hint on how good she is because Slumber Party runs in the Beaumont on Friday. So, Slumber Party beat this filly by seven and a half first time out. Obviously, the filly got off to a slow start, needed the race, and then came back and, and ran, ran gangbusters in a maiden special way to Gulfstream. She's stretching out for the first time at about 16, so that's a question mark, but George Weaver's a great trainer. If Slumber Party runs big on Friday, that obviously makes past the Champagne's race look that much better. So those three I'm going to stick with in the big four. We next move to another grade one, the Madison at seven furlongs for Phillies and Mayors four and up. Really nice group here. Uh, who do you see taking down the Madison, Jim? I went with two horses. Um, actually, you've got three horses here that have had success at Keeneland, and that's always a strong angle in the spring. I went with Bell's the one. Um, coming out of the Breeders' Cup Billy Mare Sprint last year, did not run that well, got beat by Gamine. If Gamine was in here, she would probably be two to five. So, uh, Bell's the one ran okay that day, got beat by six links, but actually uh, uh, ran in the Madison last year, lost to Garana, and then came back and won a grade one uh, on, on Derby Day in Churchill. Uh, so she's a grade one winner coming into a grade one. Uh, that's a that's a plus. Uh, Lannery has been riding fairly well at Gulfstream and fits this filly very well. He's ridden her nine out of the last ten times. So I think she's okay. Kamari is the main danger uh, with Wesley Ward. Uh, this horse has uh, been uh, all over the world, almost won the Queen Mary Stakes last year, and then 
has won is one for one at Keeneland, winning the Indian Summer last year to get qualified for the Breeders' Cup. I'm going to use Scottson for Greg Foley, um, and I'm going to use Monday Call for Brad Cox. Um, she, at the end of the year last year, was was not on top of her form, but she was she's quick. Uh, she's probably going to go for the lead with Drew, and she has a win with Keeneland Track. So the three horses that have impressed me over the Keeneland Track are the ones I'm going to go with mostly. Um, also going to use Sconton simply because of the running style. If a couple of these horses hook up, she could come from out of the clouds and, and pick it up with Jimmy Graham. So uh, going to go four deep in the Madison. Very contentious race. I ended up on uh, Monday call. I um, like this one a good bit. I, I loved her race at Ellis last summer, and that 100 buyer figure, uh, you know, she comes back to that. She's right there with the best in here. Now, she came out of that race, uh, ran on the, the Derby weekend stake at Churchill, and got cooked in an incredibly fast pace and just set it up for Wisconsin to win. And then after that, she went up to Pimlico and ran even worse. And I think she just... Uh, got knocked out by that uh, race at Churchill, and now Brad Cox has regrouped, and she's won here, and I think she might, if she's not the controlling speed, she's going to just sit right there off uh, Kamari, and I think uh, Monday Call uh, has a chance to um, maybe juice up a late d- double into the bluegrass with essential quality if uh, she can win this. I don't know if we'll get 10 to 1, but uh, with the quality of her competition, you got to get a decent price on Monday call. Got to use Bell's the one. Got to use Sconson, but I'm not sure there's enough speed in here for either one of them. And then Fair Maiden's the other one I'm going to use for Owen Hardy, who says that uh, his filly had some trouble last time. She was down along the inside, and he said when the jock hits her, she takes off, and she took off the uh, in right into a crowd last time, and he said she had to check pretty sharply. Doesn't really show up on the form. So uh, that's one to, to take an eye, uh, take a look at, too, because he said she's really, really doing well coming into this race. So going to go four deep in the pick four, but Monday calls the win pick. Gets us to the grade two Toyota Bluegrass Stakes that will wrap up the card for three-year-olds at a mile and an eighth. Essential quality is a massive favorite, and I can't come up with a, a way to pick against him. He was uh, good, looked good in his three-year-old debut. He's won here before. Uh, I think this should be a, a great setup. Yeah, I, I don't know that he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna run his A race because he's pointing to the Derby. But uh, I don't think he'll have to run that here to win this. And I think it's a perfect spot to move him forward to hopefully a, a peak effort on Derby weekend. So essential quality for me. I'm gonna take Untreated uh, second just on the Todd Pletcher angle. The horse wins a maiden. It's a big step up, but you know Pletcher. Uh, Strikes while the iron's hot sometimes with a horse like this. And so I'm going to just take a flyer on that one second. Um, highly motivated, uh, I will use um, or would consider on the pick four. Uh, and then um, Hidden Stash certainly merits respect for Vicky Oliver. Has uh, run well in uh, the starts down there at, uh, at Tampa. And so uh, that horse is uh, very honest, I think. But I can't see anybody beating essential quality. Can you? No, not really. It's it's not the strongest bluegrass field. Um, we talked about that when we drew for the bluegrass, and, and uh, it, it's just the way that they've uh, restructured the three-year-old preps. There are so many options for these horses to go to, and they moved the Louisiana Derby up a week this time. So you got the Louisiana Derby, you got the Florida Derby, you got three 
on this day. You've got San Anita Wood Memorial and Bluegrass, and then you got the Arkansas next week. So it's hard to get a quality field with really competitive fields in the, in the three-year-old prep races. Essential quality is as good as anybody I've seen this year. Concert Tour would be my other pick for the Derby. He does not have to win this race. Um, he's in the he's in the Derby more than likely with his points already, and I don't see it a way unless he stumbles or something that he finishes worse than second here. So that's another forty points. So saying that that he doesn't have to win the race, and you made your, the comment that he probably won't get his a race today. Brad Cox wants to win the Derby with his horse, so this horse is pointing for the Kentucky Derby. And he would like to run at about 85% today. If he runs 85%, he could probably win this race. I'm going to take a flyer a little bit. Uh, highly motivated is the only other horse in the field that I think that could possibly beat him. There is no speed in this field. Uh, I don't know if highly motivated has enough positional speed to get the lead and to hold off essential quality down the stretch. Um, but I think that's the way that, that somebody beats essential quality. And I went through here. I, I haven't seen a race. I, I wish if I owned a three-year-old that had some uh, six furlong sprint speed, I, I would have entered him in here just for the chance that he might get away to an easy lead and hold on. Um, I don't know that how he motivated can make that adjustment, but he's got the only chance, I think, to beat essential quality. So we have to pick four. I am going to use both of them, but essential quality, the best bet you could probably make all day long is essential quality to place in this race if you want to make $2.40 on your $2 bet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think just the uh, he is uh, so good that it probably scared off uh, some others. And uh, right. I think that uh, uh, is, a, is a problem sometimes with, with this abundance of, of three-year-old preps. And you know, nobody wants to run very often anymore. <laughs> so That's right. Um, that's part of the problem, too. Um, so let's go to the late pick four. And it starts in the eighth race, and I'm going to go four deep in the first leg, two, four, seven, thirteen, with the thirteen being the win pick, then two, three, five, then three, four, six, seven, and like you, I'm just going to use three, four in the last leg. So it's a forty-eight dollar ticket for me. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be any kind of a massive payoff, so I'm not going to play a big ticket. So forty-eight bucks for me, and hopefully catch a, a little bit of a price somewhere along the way to boost it a little bit, even if essential quantity should win. What's your pick for play? Okay, I've got a little bit more because I went a little deeper in the first leg. I went 2-6-7-9-12-13 with 2-3-5, exactly what you picked in the second leg, 3-4-5-6 in the Madison, and 3-4 in the Bluegrass. That's a $72 ticket. Um, not a bad ticket if you if you just like essential quality and you don't want to spend more than $36. I think it's a pretty good uh, chance to hit it, uh, but if essential quality wins, it's not going to pay as well as it should. Highly motivated is going to be the second choice in there, and I put him in there because it would boost the pick four payoff by at least five times. So if you're going to get an $80 payoff, for example, on uh, essential quality, you might get a $400 payoff on highly motivated. So that's why I would go and put the 72 bucks in, but I really like essential quality in the bluegrass. The sixth race starts the all-stakes pick six, and then the seventh race, the grade three Commonwealth, begins an all-stakes pick five. There's a 12-to-one horse I like in there, a little bit spe- a special reserve, making his second start for Mike Maker. So might take a look at that one if you're going to play the pick five. 
and um, really a nice card of six stakes races on Saturday. Uh, plus, you've got uh, a couple of uh, interesting-looking uh, allowance races and uh, a mile-and-eighth maiden to start the card out. So it's fun day of racing. And, uh, Jim, you were telling me there is also a, a pick four that's been added to this card. Tell me about that. Right. We uh, normally have three pick fours on Bluegrass Day, but uh, the late the late one is usually in, in donating her kidney to me. So, uh, yeah, it, it sure meant a whole lot. Um, I know just the wins on the, as the 11th. So we lost a pick four, and we're picking it up in the fourth race uh, on Saturday alone. Uh, so you got uh, the last two races of the six six races finishing up that pick four. So that's the sixth and seventh that we did not talk about, but are very competitive races. Um, so that's a, that's another opportunity. If you bomb out of the early pick five or the or the early pick four, you got another shot to make your money. All kinds of opportunities on that Saturday card to take advantage of. Uh, if you can't get out to the track, you can play at the simulcast outlets around the state, or you can play through Keeneland Select. And uh, if you know somebody that uh, has not signed up yet for Keeneland Select, let them know. There's some bonuses that you can take advantage of if you're a new customer. It's a great way for the folks that love Keeneland that can't get out there every day to uh, play the races when they uh, see uh, a betting opportunity. So sign up for KeenelandSelect.com. No racing on Easter Sunday. We're back to start the first full week of the spring meet next Wednesday, and we'll be here for another edition of the In the Money podcast for KeenelandSelect.com.